<laughs> I felt like that's been from the inception. I, um, man, I am always excited. Been a little um, delayed in getting together. Uh, as we said on the last episode, uh, Tyler uh, was expecting another child. His wife yeah. was uh, pregnant. And he came. He came. <laughs> and so we've been on a little bit of delay as Tyler was spending time doing the most important job being uh, husband and dad. So Tyler, yeah. congrats. I'm excited Thank you. that we're on this side of it where it's already a healthy baby boy. Um, yeah, he's great. Is. If I sound a little crazy, it's the lack of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm blaming it fully on him if this doesn't go well today. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. So we love spending this time together. Honestly, it's an easy job because it's not a job. It's just a labor of love. Uh, to be able to sit and chat over kind of what's on our minds, where our hearts are, and challenge our challenging ourselves to be better men of faith, uh, husbands, business owners, and all the things. So a couple ideas of what we were going to talk about today stem around right now I'm in the, I, I, there's more to the title, but it's called X by John Bevere. I also read, um, again, I think I talked about it last time, but for sure I've been through it a couple times now. The Power of One More by Ed Milet, his new book that just came out. Um, also some Bible recap information. So a lot of that's stirring around in my head and, and kind of discussions for today. But it kind of begins with the idea of how um, we think of, well, as kids, and my son's a 12-year-old, He we love and he loves any superhero movies. And we just think about all the movies we went and saw Um Doctor Strange's new movie and any Marvel um, and or what's the other one? Not Marvel. Iron Man. Oh, oh, like Batman. Or, well, yeah, the uh, other, DC the other DC, or, yeah, the DC, DC or Marvel puts out this idea of this supernatural, and so I love the idea when we relate to being with our walk with the Lord and the Spirit that it's supernatural. That and in throughout history and Scripture. There's so many examples of God using ordinary men, almost actually only used basically ordinary men, to do supernatural things. And there's been a lot of discussion. One of them probably was, there's no way to deny that it was him that did it by using such ordinary people to do amazing things. And even in John Bevere's book, his discussion on X is trying to find your giftedness within God, but not only in your giftedness, recognize that he's going to push you to things that are past your natural abilities for that same reason, because you can only give him glory. If it's below your natural ability, then you could quickly say, ah, that was just something that I was able to do and not give God that power. And he gave a lot of examples, but I always think of like the example of Superman and growing up for us, we had Superman and this power and always Superman was one of the superheroes. He wasn't a villain. And so inevitably, except for a couple random exceptions where he was um, plagued by some of the villains to be turned to evil for just a minute, typically he always did good things all the time. And I think sometimes in our Christian faith walks, we can get in this analysis paralysis of the gift itself, Superman's superpower, and we want to discuss the superpower itself and whether it's being used possibly for good or evil, then embracing the fact that he has a superpower, Superman does, and it can be used for good. And that's us in our Christian walk is God gives us gifts through the Spirit that can do amazing things. 
and honestly influence major movements, but a lot of our Christian faith and discussion gets caught up in the idea of, oh man, I'd be careful if you ask for that, because if you get it, then man, you may fall down this road where you know narrow is the road, heavy is the crown. Um, and some people, I think it can be such a heavy discussion. They're like, I don't even want it. I don't want the ability. I don't want the attention. I don't want, as we've talked about before, the um, I don't want the authority from God because I know what'll happen if I don't use it right or how I could expose uh, the Christian faith. It's just easier to be here. A common man is much easier than being Superman. And we see that actually throughout scripture where Many men, especially in the Old Testament, were called on, not every, many scenarios, old and new, of being called on by God and them saying, you're not calling me. I'm not the one you were looking for. We think of the story of Moses where he was called, finally had to be um, in some pretty extreme ways for the Lord to get his attention. And he says, ah, that's not me. I'm not the one you're looking for. And, you know, Jonah. You know, yeah. Jonah was a man of God, yeah, and and God called him to to Nineveh, right? Yeah. And he's just like, you got the wrong guy. Those people, nobody can do anything with that. And he ran the other way. Yeah. Um. Even I think I like the idea with Moses because he tries to say, you know, there's other guys. Let me give you some examples of people you meant to be calling on because it wasn't me. And even in the way God ends up using Aaron, hmm? yeah, that was as his one of the as one of his help because he yeah. had. A, as they said, I believe a thorn of the flesh. He did have some type of the people believe it was a speech impediment or whatever else uh, to not typically be the guy that would be used to speak uh, on on that behalf. So, in, anyways, long discussion around pointing out these great powers that God was given. Yet, in Christian faith, we spend so much time. A lot of people can in just questioning the gift. And I like to sit for a second and say, "There's power." God gives us power. Now, whether we use it for his good or not, that can be a discussion point that we may go into. But we can't question that God gives the power. And I I love even in, well, uh, John Bevere talks about it, Erwin McManus talks about bad men even on this earth were giving power. Um, not I'm not saying it in a baptismal way, a gift of the spirit, but all but like good talent, things from God. The talent, yes, hey, thank you. Persuasion the abilities, talent like very likable. Hitler was a likable dude. God, <laughs> you know? and Hitler, yeah, Hitler yeah. took a talents that God ability. gave him and misused them, yeah. in terrible ways. And I, I, I think that's an important piece that we and sometimes can look to in legalism and religious aspects to be so critical of. If someone's using a talent and and using it for self motivation or self um, exaltation versus God, and instead maybe sitting and saying, "Hey, what power do I have?" Not being so critical as we've seen people misuse God's power because it has been misused, but spending more time saying, "Hey, are we walking beside God? Lord, will you reveal to me what your gifts are to me, and may I set?" And that may be a good segue. Some can I put habits in place that will keep me on course so that even as we talk about if you get to the top of the mountain when things are good, Lord, may I not forget you and where it came from, even in the tops of the top. And you were talking about Tyler, that maybe a book you're reading. Yeah, it's uh, called Sacred Rhythms, but it's putting those rhythms in your life to stay close with God because 
I've had this feeling for a while of it's great to put God first and think about God and and do these things in in crisis mode. And many people find a closeness and a relationship with God in those down times, in those crisis of of faith. But yeah, what if a real the real challenge, or maybe not the real challenge, but a real challenge, is to seek that earnestly when things are good, when yeah. you're at the top of the mountain. When you feel like you are the superhero, you got to the other yeah. end of it, and putting the the rhythms in your life to stay focused on God. You know, we were talking, we were talking, uh, you know, at lunch about awareness, yeah, and and finding those times. And I think we've talked about it on the podcast a little bit, but you know, a great thing, uh, maybe one of the greatest things God gives us is the ability to be aware you know, of, of right. things of an emotional state of our spiritual state of our physical state. But when we're going, 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 and we're doing, 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 and sometimes it can happen at the top of the mountain and we haven't put those systems in place to be in a rhythm, uh, which you call it sacred rhythm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to lose the awareness of yourself and your emotional state and, and kind of what's going on. Yeah. But what do you think? I mean, no, I, I, I love that piece of where where our habits are, and that's I like to be on this podcast to where you can maybe take away one little tangible piece, and that is you know as we talked on here before in Atomic Habits, I'm rereading that book again, and it's just around discussions of within our spiritual walk, what are our our sacred rhythms to where we practice each day, so prayer time, quiet time, meditation within the Lord reading in scripture and earnestly seeking to listen to God. Because as we've discussed before, it's been really hard for me coming from a much more conservative spiritual background, not talking a lot about the Holy Spirit, kind of being new to that relationship and that interaction of, I get jealous, honestly. I think it comes from a basis of jealousy when I hear people speak like they heard God's voice audibly, or they they not like they have they hear God speaking to them, they hear God communicating with them, and I want to be so critical of is that a real or not? But am I really seeking for God to speak to me, or am I doing the daily habits of reading in His Word, pouring into relationship with Him, and earnestly seeking His voice instead of just worrying? Well, they're not having it, but I'm not. Satan can use that. Yeah as a distraction to doubt that ability and to keep you away from it. And that's another piece around we've talked on here multiple times about limiting beliefs. And that's a concern I have is if, how can God, how can we be used for the most God can have us if we constantly feel we're not good enough and incapable of doing the things that God gave us to do? At some point, all those people that we talk about in scripture got up and did the task. Yeah, it's good. It's helpful for us to see that they were nervous about it at first, but at some point they moved on past it. Yeah, and I like they, what you said, the analysis paralysis. Like, yeah, it, it, what you say, I feel it comes from a good place when they're talking about, you know, oh, you got to be careful when you got that. Like, there's, there's a reverence to some extent of like that power and, yeah. and that, uh, that like level of, of influence. And sure. we're talking about mega pastors, we're talking about all these people that we see that are that do great things and some people go I you know I don't want that it it it's they're they're coming from maybe a good place of of being weary of that responsibility but they're using it as an excuse 
to not go deeper, to not actually walk in the things that maybe God has asked them to walk yeah. in because they're scared of, you know, where that did. The fall. Yes. They're scared of that responsibility. There's there, there's a lot there. But if we just take some time to go, maybe God's prompting you to something. He's prompted me for certain things that I'm just like, no, no way. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, come on, God. And then he confirmed it in so many other ways. But I know, too, that what he wants me to do and different things he's laid on my heart are a process. Yeah. And it's a long process. It doesn't mean I got to get up and jump up and go do it. It means I got to start seeking him out and yeah. letting him work into me to the to the point where I'm ready for that and I look back and I'm like I never could have I never could have done that. Sure. on my own, but you know, if I just completely go yeah, I, that I you know, that's ridiculous. That's too big of a thing. I don't want the temptation. What did it do to my family? When, if we just take a second to go, what is God calling us to that maybe sounds scary, but maybe we need to think about leaning into and, and um, not just writing it off as, as uh, you know, insecurity or, right. or, or thing. Like I, I thought about this and, and I don't know if this hits home or not, but you talk about, you know, what is God? I can't hear God, so they can't hear God. You know, but right. may, maybe there's an inner there's an inner thought there that goes, "I'm actually kind of scared to hear God because yeah. I don't know what He's going to say." Yeah, and that's or terrifying that to me. Mean, so I'm, I'm just going to shut that off. It's not real, or I'm not Even in though, control. Yeah, and and I've thought about this, and I've been thinking about this over the last month. How many times I've about to pray something, and I'm like. Ooh, that's a scary thing to pray. Yeah, you know, even though it's a good thing to pray, there's nothing wrong with that prayer. But there's an, there's something there that goes, oh man, if I actually say that, I mean, we, they talked about that with that oceans song. Yeah, you know, lead me, lead yep. me out. Like, yep. if you actually really think about what you're singing, yeah. that's a scary prayer yeah. to say. Like, lead me Take out me into the depths touch. of the oceans. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's a, it's sweet, it's beautiful, but it's also terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And in John Bevere's book that we're reading, he talks about how when he was called to write, he he heard the Lord's voice say, write, and he accused laughingly, God must have gotten him mixed up with somebody else, that his SAT scores on reading and writing were terrible. He was an engineer and college-educated engineer. Math was his thing. And, and he doubted that voice and hearing that voice and what it gave him. And that's what I think... We need to be yearning for God to tell us to talk to us and then be willing to step out in faith when when he does. And even as a, another discussion item is just around a Bible recap that was going on around you had Saul, David, a man after God's own heart, and then Solomon, the most the wisest man in the world. And I love the references of the scriptures, not scriptures, but other non-biblical reference to Solomon. There was um, one of the Egyptian queens that had heard of Solomon and sent people and went to meet him to try to learn about what he knew. Um, it just is amazing to me to hear when history, seeing history line up with the Bible. Um, but Solomon, how did he get the wisdom? And it talked about in the Bible recap. He asked for the wisdom, and that's how he got it. Now, there's a couple things there. One makes me think about be careful what you think about or wish for, because wisdom can come and learned in hard ways. Because yeah. wisdom's a lot of times comes through failure. That's those sometimes those scary prayers. Yeah. That, that you think about now, like God prompted Solomon 
what do you want? Or a circle but, thought back to what we talked about earlier. As Christians, we can become pretty critical and we say, well, at, he asked and the Lord gave it to him. And then we're like, well, yes, but he was in, he, his heart was of God, which is good. And and I don't discount that. We, we hope that we're praying God to lead us to things that are his will, not selfish wills. And that's especially where we've seen, unfortunately, some credit Christians from main stages try to twist what they say God wants them to do for very apparent selfish gain. Like it gets so extreme, like a new Learjet, not necessary. I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble. But then again, I'm not going to discount the fact that God allows you just like a child would to walk through things and all honestly bestows favor upon you even in troubled times and after you fall still uses you for good. And Solomon is a great example of that. He was a womanizer. He really twisted the rules on when it came to relating with women and a lot of other things. Yet through that, he was called the wisest man in the world and was used. So I have no doubt that even though he asked for it, he also misused it and also did great things for God. And it was weaving in and out. And that's what I think we become so hard and so critical of, especially in a cancel culture where it's like, ah, they've fallen, they messed up, especially if you don't agree with where my core beliefs are. Let me really highlight you to make sure you're muffled and never to be talked again. But if we don't allow ourselves as human beings to recognize there was one perfect being on earth with Jesus, and we can't put all our faith in one man, we can look to man, but we shouldn't be surprised when they fall. And honestly, maybe we need to be forgiving of their fall and willing to give them the ability to get up, have wisdom from the mistakes, and be able to do great things again. Because even the smallest of sin is equal to the greatest of sin. It's not a worldly rule. And I hate that. Well, to God's eyes, it's all the same, but to the level of position that you're in, that sin could cause bigger ripple effects, right? Yeah. Like we talked about this. You run a business. If you're a temp person, you make a mistake, no big deal. If you're the CEO and you make one wrong decision, it could course correct you for five years and into a really dark, bad path. Yeah. So, you know, that I think there's a level of responsibility based on the position that you hold. Yeah. So there is that there, but you know, how do you how do you realize that everybody in those positions are like you said, they're human. Yeah. And they're gonna make mistakes. Yeah. Um, and you would hope that we bring it around to like sacred rhythms, not only just uh, a time with God to be aware, to to focus on him, to know where the source is, to know where the source of the talent, um, to you know, uh realize that it's not under his own, but it's through God but also to set up accountability and structures around yeah. that that keep that thing in check. Because you look at like Saul, I mean, it, it says in the Bible that God laid his anointing on Saul and he started to do incredible things outside of his own ability. But Saul kind of forgot where that came from yeah. and became this arrogant, prideful, awful person. Yeah. You know, and even God gave him a lot of grace up until yeah. the, to the end there. Yeah. But. And so another segue kind of shifting gears a little bit is just discussing um, it with all that weight, especially when we pray for God to allow us to do big things. And I've prayed that prayer a lot and God has answered that prayer, you know, just going from, in people don't know my personal story, but in 2010, I was in the insurance business. I had one employee and today um, 
thankfully with another team of other management because I can't do it all in my ability. I've I've corridored my piece, but now we have 70 people that are in our organization that work with us that that birthed out of this one piece and always wanted it to be at the 70. I didn't want it to be at the one. I did. I asked for more and God gave that to me. But as you get more, and it doesn't have to be 70 employees, it can be birth having one child where anxiety comes in and where we feel the weight of anxiety, which no matter what you go through, you can develop anxiety for anything. COVID was a big anxiety. If that was a trigger for you, there's some people that are still in deep depths of fear and anxiety about that. And a book that I've been reading called The Telomere Effect, T-E-L-O-M-E-R-E. Telomeres are the ends of our chromosomes. And there's a book written by a lady that had discovered telomeres and and how they affect uh, our lives, which means that at the end of our chromosomes, the telomere is there. And the longer they start out long, but over time, stress and anxiety and other pieces of life shorten your telomeres. And it's the idea to say if someone went to their 20-year high school reunion and they noticed some people that were fresh and vibrant and healthy and the other ones looked really aged and haggard. Um, more than likely, if they studied it, the aged haggard have shorter telomeres than the other. And it's the whole piece that everyone will move into what they call a disease phase of life. It's just some people stay really, really healthy up until 80, 85, and then it just happens quickly or whatever, and they they move on. They get close to 100 even. But at some point, disease, bodies break down, You know, the natural happens. Some people, though, get into their 30s, 40s, and they move into this disease phase because of how their body is. That has a lot to do with anxiety. And I love when I read it, drawing it back to Scripture and talking about God's call that we rest in Him, that we turn our worries over to Him. Because as humans, we are the stewards of earth. And I was watching my dog, and he will freak out when a car pulls up uh, in a back parking lot. He's six pounds, y'all. And he acts like he's the most ferocious beast. He's like, I was sitting there and looking down and I hear, (laughs) and I look up and he's like, ears perked up. He's got huge ears. He's a papillon. And he's looking out the window at these people getting out of a car like he's the hardest cat in town. And I'm like, come on, dude. First of all, what are you going to do? But then the people walk away and like two seconds later, he's sound asleep. And that's the beauty of animals. They do not have an ability to carry anxiety for long periods of time. They they shed it, move They're very on. in the moment. You think of a deer that's being chased by a predator or whatever else, they'll run for a few hundred yards. Then you can see them in a field with their tails fluttering at ease, calmly. Like, Why was I running? Their fight or flight <laughs> turns on and then off. Yes. But our anxiety as humans can be misused in bad ways and we bear it. And so how do we as Christians lean more into shedding our anxiety, looking to the Father, and turning our cares to Him truly and letting it be, be present in the moment and not worry about what the future holds because it's probably way worse than where it goes. And I, as I'm reading that X book versus uh, some of these scripture discussions of David and Solomon, I think about how it's healthy for us. It's scientifically healthy for us to turn our worries to the Lord, and that's exactly what he wants us to do. And so Prayer, and they talk about meditation being one of the key guiding factors to help repair. Luckily, if you shorten your telomeres, it's not gone forever. They can, you can change, 
and move into that. Meditation's one where we know as Christians, prayer and meditation, meditating in the Lord, is helps you find peace in anxious moments. I heard it said like this: like what fear and anxiousness is the other side of the coin to like guilt, right? Yeah. So if you if you draw a line down the middle, there's the present, and you can live in the present. You can yeah. live in the past, which is like guilt, gear, or um, yeah, guilt. And or you can live in the future, which is anxiety, anxiety and fear. fear. And you know, the the more we can bring ourselves back to center and stop worrying about the what if situations of the future, like you talked about your wire transfer deal, yeah, you know, a few weeks back that turned out to be fine. Yeah. You know, but it's so easy for us to get caught up in in that. So, you know, take a little bit of time if you want to take a, a thing to pull out from this and do sit down and be aware, like, do I focus more on the past and the guilt and what I could have done? Or do I live more in the future um, um, or and, and deal with that fear yeah. or that anxiety? And then, okay, what do I, what do I do about that? What do I, how do I, yeah, you know, wrestle with that and start to start to unpack that in your own yeah. life? Yeah. Cause if you start to be aware of what, which side of the coin you yep. lean towards, you can start to be more aware and yeah. make those changes to, to, yeah. To better yourself that yeah. way. Yeah. And again, that example is around long-term anxiety. It talks about in there saying short-term anxiety moments actually don't damage you. Your body recovers. As long as you can get out of it and move the anxiety, the body naturally recoups. That's not shortening your telomeres. And so it gives examples in another reference to like Mel Robbins' book, The Five Second Rule, and what she says. And and even in this book, it kind of tries to reframe is when you're looking at anxiety in a short-term moment, let's say any, most 99% of people, there's a short few that if all of a sudden we're at church, there's a thousand people, your name's called, or right before service, you say, hey, do you mind coming up and speaking for three minutes on this topic? Can you you know where your mo- emotions go, your anxieties, your feelings move to? And Mel talks about, and in a couple other books, it says, what if you could tell yourself to say, trick, trick yourself, make it a new habit to say, I'm excited. Instead of I'm nervous and fearful, you tell yourself when you feel those fluttery feelings, you say, that's excitement. I'm excited about what's to come. And ultimately, I love the idea of that because if we're truly going to step out in what God calls us to be, there's naturally going to be moments of those nerves. God tells us to speak to somebody, to say a prayer, to go out of your way, out of your comfort zone. Stepping out of your comfort zone generates your body to trigger the butterflies and all that stuff. And if you can't handle that, you'll never build a rhythm or a habit to say yes more to God's voice. So as a takeaway, why don't you feel those butterflies next time and say, I'm excited. I'm excited about what I'm about to do, what I'm about to accomplish. There's a lot of great athletes that actually do that. When they step onto the floor and pro basketball and things like that, they change it. They reframe their mind from fear and nervousness to excitement. And statistically, they perform better when they tell themselves, that's the excitement that I'm feeling rather than fear. And then, oh gosh, I'm going to mess up. I think that brings it back to though, excitement is kind of like an in the moment feeling. Yeah. Uh, rather than a fear of what could happen in yeah. the next moment. Yeah. You know, you're marinating. You're in like that. pulling it back of like, I'm excited right now that what, oh, I'm, I'm scared. Like, what if I screw this up? Yeah. You know, it, it's pulling that back into yeah. the everything into like that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we got today. Um, you know, great conversation as usual, Tyler. Thank you for uh, being on here and and chatting through all this with us. Hope that was helpful for you. 
Um, it means the world when I hear from people that say that they've shared it with other folks. If you like what you've seen, please uh, share it with other folks, whether it be on social media or in person. Uh, and also, we love to hear feedback. If there's something that you really enjoyed and meant something to you on, it means the world to hear it. But otherwise, I'm going to uh, do some different than I haven't in a while, but I feel called to just closing this podcast down in a prayer, a prayer over you, Father. Uh, we just pray over all the listeners that uh, would be engaged with this, God, and I just pray that uh, your peace comes on, that there's moments out there of listeners that are dealing with lots of really deep, scary things, God, and I just pray for your peace and comfort, and that, Father, we're praying today that we hear your voice clearer so that we are able to move about doing your will, and that starts with loving on people, embracing others, and meeting them where they're at, Father, and just guide us in that walk. Jesus name, amen. Thank you. Appreciate you being with us today. 